This episode of Rick and Rick Rule the World is brought to you by Taskin, the first name in ultra-stylish, premium-quality travel gear, like the exquisitely designed Taskin 1 expandable backpack. With nine practical variations, the Taskin 1 is always the right size for wherever life takes you next. Save 30% on your next purchase when you use the promo code RNRTAKE30. That's RNRTAKE30 at TaskinSF.com. In the conclusion of their 2023 Trends Watch, the Ricks talk about influencers' waning influence, the rebirth of experiential, the rise of home automation ecosystems, and more. What I see coming is that influencer marketing will continue to slow. And and here's what I mean by that. If, if you think back a few years ago, everybody wanted to be an, an influencer and people were making millions and millions of dollars on YouTube or Facebook or TikTok or whatever, being an influencer, getting brands to support them. But there's a funny thing that happened along the way. It turns out they actually didn't know what the hell they're talking about. And so <laughs> the credibility of the influencers has been eroding for the last few years. And I think we've hit that tipping point where the trust is no longer there. And yeah, yeah, sometimes it could be fun still to watch them, but people aren't making decisions as much by whatever their influencer was wearing or, you know, whatever product they were trying to peddle at the moment. And in a way, and I'm being a little overdramatic with this, they've become the snake oil peddlers of the, the current day. And, you know, they're, they're not believable. And, you know, I, and so I, I think what's going to happen is we're going to see a shift in mm-hmm. this next year. We're going to start seeing this material shift in the year where you're going to hear a lot less about influencers and in you know what they're doing and and why you want to copy them and you're going to hear a lot more about a move back to communities and so i think that you know as the influencers come down you're going to see communities like reddit believe it or not i think reddit's coming back again and i i think that that people are going to be going there to look for it they're not going to be going to the video they're they're going to be going to text-based things and trying to talk to people who have the same interest as them who can give them advice on what they're doing and so I think that's going to be a pretty significant change, which means all those people who were influencers in the past, you're going to see the amount of money they're making go down. A lot of them are going to exit the scene and go try and get day jobs. I, th- I think there's going to be a big exodus there. So basically a return to the wisdom of crowds. Yeah, I could see that. So since the pandemic, we have been predicting, OK, this next coming year, experiential is going to have a comeback. And I do finally feel like barring some disastrous new COVID variant that we will see a lot more more attention on experiential in 2023. Brands like Acura, Adobe, Canon, word is that they are planning on more experiential activations at events like Sundance. You have to believe South by Southwest is going to have much more activations this year. And you know, this last summer at Comic-Con, there were many fewer experiential activations because the companies weren't sure if there was going to be a huge crowd at Comic-Con. Well, there was. It wasn't as big as past years, but it was sizable. Folks probably missed a huge opportunity. And I don't think they're going to miss that opportunity again this year. And I think it's going to be a bigger Comic-Con and bigger just across the board. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. I think that well, CES was huge, mm-hmm. not as big as it was in the heyday, but way bigger than it had been. So I, I do believe we're going to we're going to see that kind of move back to it. But I, I also don't want to underpin the point that people still, I think, are in this hybrid world. 
they'll enjoy the ability to, to see a lot of this stuff virtually. And that's a good point. I think it can't be an either or. I think it has to be an and. And I think that brands need to figure out, here's our play for folks that are experiencing this remotely. And here's our plan for folks who are there. And for people who are there, how do we make this as richly experiential as possible? And touching on something that you said earlier, you know, about VR, it was this year of VR or whatever. You know, I've been thinking a lot about that with experiential coming back. I have always felt that the most compelling VR, AR experiences are ones that don't require a device or any adoption at all. They leverage things like 3D projection mapping or forced perspective videography. I think about things that we haven't yet seen in the marketing sphere, technologies like the volume. We talked about for the show 1899, these spherical stages of very high resolution screens where the actors don't have to act in front of green screens. They're actually in the environment that the characters are in and they don't have to conjure it in their mind. It'll be interesting to see if and how marketers put that same technology to use in interesting experiential activations, you know, without having to wear a device of any kind. I think that that opens up some exciting new possibilities. Third prediction is that I really believe that this is going to be the year where we're going to see home automation take off and it's going to become ubiquitous. And I'm not sure anybody's going to realize it because we already have a ton of home automation in the house and it's largely unused. And I think we're starting to figure out that we can put it together and use it. And and so like a good example of this is of a you know, an Amazon Alexa or, you know, Apple smart speaker, you can actually tell it to turn on your lights. You can tell it to turn on the TV. You can tell it a lot of things, but it's not full automation just quite yet. And I, and I think this will be the year where Amazon, Apple and others kind of step forward and help connect all the pieces for people. And to make it into truly smart homes, because we're so close to it right now. And most of the pieces are already in our homes, but they're just not threaded together. We already see a lot of tech savvy people like, of course, I've got a bunch of the automation stuff already set up in my house. When I'm not here, my lights are on, my heater's off, you know, all that stuff. When I am here, those things turn on, they act as timers, lawn, everything, right? But it's become so easy to do that I think everybody will do it. My parents will do it. Our listeners will do it. And everybody will start to get into the home is your sense that these will be single brand ecosystems across all these devices or will there be a standard or standards that enable a device from Apple with one from Nest with one from Amazon to interoperate? You know, that's a that's a fantastic question. I, I really don't know what the answer to that. Is. Yeah. I will tell you that, you know, there are standards. Zigbee is one of them. I, I can tell you that Philips Hue has kind of its own ecosystem, but then the Philips Hue actually links back in to to the other ones mm-hmm. as well. So, you know, even though I've got a Philips Hue with a Hue Hub, I can connect it into, you know, Amazon or Apple and control those devices through those two other ecosystems. So I think, you know, like we talked about with Metaverse, where there's not just one, there's going to be a couple of Metaverses. I think the, the benefit right now of the home automation is that there is some level of interoperability. Now, does that extend all the way to the Apple ecosystem working seamlessly with the Amazon one? No, not seamless. You can kind of hack some stuff together. But I think that people tend to get into an ecosystem and then stay within that ecosystem. And I think that will happen here. 
Yeah. You know, where I see strong opportunities for this too is not just the tech providers themselves, but in brands that are looking to thread themselves further into consumers' lives, companies like insurance carriers. They're working on these smart sensors that will tell you if you've got a leak in the faucet upstairs, you know, and send you an alert to your phone. So they've told you about the leak before you've even discovered it. And by the way, press this button to get your claim and have the repair person on the way. Brands that are in protective categories have an opportunity to leverage this in-home automation technology to deliver much more value than has ever really been possible before, whether the device was made by Apple or Amazon or Philips or anyone else. Well, we have so many of these examples in place today, like probably a lot of people you know have Nest thermostats, right? These are all home automation things. Uh, Some of the new uh, door locks actually have Bluetooth sensors. So when you walk up to it and unlocks because it knows who you are or where you touch it, what have you. And so it's like any amazing technology at first seems magical and then you don't even notice it anymore. It's almost somehow we're skipped right down to not even noticeable anymore. Right. It's ubiquitous. Now, I will say this. As long as however it's channeled to my mobile phone or other device, that there's an ability to turn off all the freaking notifications. Because what little automation I have activated in my house has mostly come in recently, and it irritates the hell out of me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You know, I've got one of these. I've got uh, the Apple AirTags, and I have them in each of my pieces of luggage, and I have one in my backpack, so that if I leave it somewhere, I can find it again. The problem is, is I've never gotten around to turning off the notification every time I leave the house and it drives me nuts. And every single time I think when I leave the house and it goes off, I think, oh, I got to go into the settings. But usually I'm driving. So it's like, I'm not gonna do it right now. And so then by the time I get to my destination, I've totally forgotten about it. And then I get annoyed the next time I leave the house. (laughs) Yes. All right. Well, listeners, you've heard the trends we're watching in 2023, along with a couple predictions, at least tentative predictions. So let us know if you agree, disagree, and if you have ones of your own. Also, don't touch that dial, because when we come back after this short break, it's time for Loaded Questions, the 2023 Trends Watch edition. And boy, 2023 Trend Watch is a little hard to say. (laughs) All right, stay tuned. Hey, Rick and Rick Nation, don't forget to check out our website at rickandrick.com. It's double the Rick in just one click at rickandrick.com. And we are back. Rick and Rick rule the world with Rick Matheson and Rick Wooten. And it is time to play Loaded Questions. Question number one. Which of the following is not expected to be a trend in 2023? A. Consumers embrace a, quote, posture of prudence. B. Rick and Rick embrace a posture of petulance. (laughs) C. Ethical AI becomes a top mandate for marketers. Or D. Collaboration make it downcycled amid funding cuts. Which of these is not expected to be a trend in 2023? I'm going to say B. I don't don't think we're doing it. You are correct. So answer is B. Rick and Rick will not embrace a posture of petulance because we did that a long time ago. According to Marketing Dive, consumers are expected to, among other things, embrace a posture of prudence as they hunker down amid economic uncertainty. Marketers should be positive and stress human connection, pointed to some of the things that we've talked about in this episode about being out there in the world again. Ethical AI will become a top mandate in the category of things most CMOs never thought that have to be a top mandate for. 
and with Gardner studies showing that independent marketers perform better than collaborative marketing teams, cross-team collaboration may get downcycled or throttled back a little bit amid possible budget cuts. Question number two, according to retailers, which of the following is more not than hot in 2023? A, metaverse, B, RFID, three, checkout free or invisible transactions, or D, AI. According to retailers, which of these is more not than hot? in 2023. Mm, I'm going to guess it's Metaverse. You are correct. The answer is A. So according to Retail Technology Innovation Hub, Metaverse and things like NFTs are immature technologies right now, and that there are other tech trends that drive ROI much more than these, at least for the near term. And final question. Pantone's 2023 color of the year is A, Ultimate Gray, B, Classic Blue, C, Viva Magenta, or D, Cheetos Cheetle. Panto's 2023 <laughs> color of the year is which? Uh, I'm going to go with, uh, what was it, Viva Magenta? <laughs> I'm just glad it was you and not me. Oh, man. Okay, I, I got to redo that one. I'm going to guess it's magenta. You are correct. The answer is C. Pantone's color of the year is Viva Magenta, which 21 Oak describes as a, quote, velvety red hue that ushers in an era of boldness in 2023, because we've never heard the word boldness associated with the Pantone color of the year before. Crazy. <laughs> never. And here I was hoping it's going to be Cheetos Cheetle. All right, so that is going to have to wrap up our big Trend Watch 2023 episode of Rick and Rick Rule the World. Rick Wooten, before we go, why don't you tell folks where they can find you online? Best way to find me is always on Twitter. I'm at Wooten, W-O-O-T-T-E-N. And how about yourself, Matheson? You can find me, at least for now, at Rick Matheson. And, of course, you can find all of our social handles and listen to archived episodes of Rick and Rick Rule the World at rickandrick.com. Until next time, stay safe, keep your Viva Magenta bold, and keep on coming back to the one show where everybody's name is Rick. And everybody rules the world. 